WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. Southwest Michigan has had some warmer than usual weather this month and that could be affecting its fruit crops. Bill Shane is a fruit specialist with the MSU Extension Office in Benton Harbor. He tells us when the temperatures get above 42 degrees, it can cause some fruit trees to begin preparing for buds. If that's if it's that warm and then it freezes again, that could threaten the fruit. As plants move out of their deep dormancy, they become more and more susceptible to cold temperatures. And so it's something that we always watch carefully. The warm temperatures that we have certainly are starting to nudge the plants to more susceptible stages. Shane says the most vulnerable fruits are peaches. We've been cutting buds and yes, there's damage out there. There's a lot of buds out there, a lot of varieties, a lot of locations. So each farm each variety, each fruit type is a different story in itself. Shane says grapes are more complicated and harder to check. Apples and pears are the hardiest and less of a concern. He's hoping the temperatures will stay below 42 until it's unlikely another freeze cycle is coming. The areas of concern are Berrien and Cass counties, but not so much Van Buren County. St. Joseph Public Schools Superintendent Jenny Fee has been interviewing for another job. In a message to the district this week, Fee said she's one of five candidates selected to interview for the superintendent job at Forest Hills Public Schools in Grand Rapids. She says that she's chosen to explore the opportunity because it would enable her to support her family in a time of need. Fee came to St. Joe from Grand Rapids three years ago. Her interview with Forest Hills will be March 5th, and from there, the school board will narrow its search. Fee says if she doesn't get the job, she has plans to meet her family's needs from a distance. She calls it not an easy decision to look for another job, but notes her family has suffered some losses in the past few years. Fee writes that St. Joe, quote, truly is a great community with great schools for which I feel privileged to serve. She says if she doesn't get the Grand Rapids job, she'll remain fully committed to St. Joe. If she does get it, she would start in July. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners has hired a new medical examiner. The board in 2018 contracted with Western Michigan University's Homer Stryker School of Medicine to provide the service with Joyce DeJong as the medical examiner. The contract was renewed last year and was to continue through 2026. However, DeJong has moved into a new position. Commissioners today heard from her her replacement, Dr. Patrick Hansma. Continuation of service should feel seamless to all of the counties that we're serving. As you know, Dr. DeYoung has resigned as the medical examiner, having left our institution following an appointment to be the dean of the medical school at Michigan State University. Hansma said the team of deputy examiners is still in place and there should be no issues. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette told commissioners such changes do happen. This situation is one that it's disappointing, but it appears that WMED is taking all the necessary steps to ensure that we have uninterrupted service. The health department, prosecutor's office, the sheriff's office have all been made aware of the situation. They understand that some of these turnovers will happen. DeSette said the county's been overall satisfied with Western Michigan University providing medical examiner services with the only notable snag being during the of COVID when some autopsies were delayed. The board then appointed Hansma as the new medical examiner. The city of Benton Harbor and the Fair Housing Center of Southwest Michigan are planning a fair housing workshop for this month. The city says it'll be on February 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Pillar Center at 204 West Main Street in Benton Harbor. The event's intended to teach everyone about their rights when it comes to housing. It'll cover fair housing laws and tenant rights. A topic will be the Federal Fair Housing Act, along with state and local rules, renter protections, protections for those with disabilities or children, and how fair housing complaints can be made. 
The session will be led by Fair Housing Center of Southwest Michigan Interim Director of Education and Outreach, Pat May. All Benton Harbor residents are invited. Early voting for the February 27th primary will begin across Michigan this Saturday. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler tells us there will be two early voting locations. They are Lake Michigan College in Benton Harbor for those living in the northern half of the county and the Berrien County South Building in Niles for those in the southern half. You can check the clerk's website if you're unsure. Tyler says you don't necessarily need a driver's license or state ID to vote. It can be a concealed pistol license. It can be a municipal ID, an employee ID, a tribal ID, a student faculty ID from a high school or accredited institution, a military ID, a passport. Tyler says anyone can stop by the early voting location at any point during their operating hours to cast a ballot. That's not all. One thing about early voting, you can take your AV ballot and cast your vote at an early voting center. So you can tabulate it yourself instead of putting it into the drop box, and you may feel more secure doing that. The hours for early voting in Berrien County will be 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. through February 25th, except on Tuesday the 21st when the hours will be 11.30 to 4.30 Tyler says the results from early voting will not be counted until the actual election day, so don't expect any early numbers. Her staff's been hard at work preparing for early voting, and she says she's confident all will be secure and functional. We'll have a link to the full rules at our website. Voters in Benton Township and Bainbridge Township will need to go to their township offices to vote early, though, because those two municipalities have opted out of the county's program. New infrastructure to support electric vehicles is coming to Benton Harbor. The Michigan Infrastructure Office and the Michigan Department of Transportation have announced nearly $23 million has been awarded to more than 40 locations around the state under the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program. The goal is to get more electric vehicle charging stations installed around Michigan. Among the grants announced this week is $594,000 for a pilot travel center on Napier Avenue near I-94. That's for electric charging stations. The Infrastructure Office says with the passage of the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, Michigan stands to receive about $110 million in NEVI formula program funding in the next five years to expand electric vehicle charging infrastructure. The grants announced this week represent the first round of the funding to be deployed in the state. Other new EV charging stations are going into locations including Marshall, Grand Rapids, Portage, and Saugatuck. And the Lincoln Township Board of Trustees will hold a budget hearing this month. Township Supervisor Dick Stauffer tells us the board this week went over some of the basic numbers and they'll be explored again on February 29th at noon. From fire, police, parks, roads, and sewer, and water, and all those needs together and see how they make a budget. Stauffer says nothing major stands out as unusual in this year's budget apart from a few Department of Public Works purchases. Anyone who wants to know more about how the township's finances work is invited to the February 29th meeting. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report with your weather WSJM news now continues a hearing was held in Fulton County today focused on the romantic relationship between DA Fonnie Willis and her current boyfriend an attorney whom she hired to investigate former President Donald Trump one of Trump's co-defendants is trying to get Willis tossed off the racketeering case alleging the DA has financially benefited from the relationship the boyfriend took the stand today. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is more. Attorney Nathan Wade insists that while he doesn't have receipts to prove it, he and DA Fonnie Willis roughly split their travel expenses. She would pay for dinner. It would balance out. Wade says Willis has also reimbursed him in cash. He testified their romantic relationship began in 2022 after Willis hired him. 
But Willis's one-time friend and former employee Robin Yerty said she saw evidence of the relationship before that. Hugging, kissing. Yerty said it started in late 2019. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News. Israeli forces have stormed the main hospital in southern Gaza in what the army says is a search for the remains of hostages taken by Hamas. The raid on Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunus came after troops had besieged the facility for nearly a week as hundreds of staff, patients, and others inside struggled under heavy fire and dwindling supplies, food, and water. Separately, Israel launched the second day of airstrikes on southern Lebanon after killing 10 civilians and three Hezbollah fighters just hours after a rocket attack that killed an Israeli soldier. Negotiations over a ceasefire in Gaza appear to have stalled, meanwhile. ABC's Jordana Miller has more from Jerusalem. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu refusing to send Israeli negotiators back to Cairo this week, dashing hopes of reaching a deal that would pause the fighting in Gaza for six weeks and free dozens of Israeli hostages. Netanyahu insisting Hamas must give up its, quote, delusional demands before Israel agrees to more talks. Sources in Jerusalem say Hamas demanding Israel free thousands of jailed Palestinians and make changes at a shared holy site here in Jerusalem, both non-starters. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. A New York judge says former President Donald Trump's hush money trial will go ahead as scheduled with jury selection starting March 25th. Judge Juan Manuel Mercan said today that he made the decision after speaking with the judge in Trump's now-delayed federal election interference case in the nation's capital. In leaving the trial date intact, the judge took advantage of a delay in a separate prosecution in Washington, charging Trump with plotting to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. That case has been effectively on hold pending the outcome of an appeal by Trump. A classified briefing is expected on a new space-based nuclear threat reportedly posed by Russia. More from ABC's Stephen Portnoy. Sources say the matter involves Russia's desire to put a nuclear weapon in space to take out satellites. But amid the frenzy sparked yesterday, House Speaker Mike Johnson aimed to downplay concerns. Steady hands are at the wheel. We're working on it, and there's no need for alarm. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is due on Capitol Hill today to brief House leaders, including Johnson, and Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner, who brought the story to light and asked that the president declassify the intelligence. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. New details about the mass shooting in Kansas City have been released. ABC's Alex Stone has more. Kansas City police say they have now determined it was not an orchestrated attack on the Chiefs' victory rally, but several people got into an argument and then shots were fired. Innocent bystanders were hit. Eight who were shot went to University Health Kansas City. Trauma surgeon Dr. Dustin Neal on the first victim to arrive. Got him straight up to the operating room and were able to stabilize him. He has improved overnight despite his life-threatening injuries. Alex Stone, EBC News. The former mother-in-law of the woman who opened fire at a Houston megachurch says that she tried for years to alert authorities and others, including church staff, about her ex-daughter-in-law's mental health struggles. But Wally Carranza says no one seemed to listen or take action. Carranza told the Associated Press that she believes systemic failures and lax gun laws led to Sunday's shooting at a celebrity at Pastor Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church. Police say that Genesee Moreno entered the church with her 7-year-old son and opened fire in a hallway. Two people were injured, including her son, who was shot in the head. Carranza says the boy remains in critical condition but is improving. And it's a very challenging housing market nationwide amid high interest rates and low inventory, but one group is emerging as a force among home buyers 
And that's single women, or if maybe she's Elizabeth Schulze. Single women own an estimated 11 million homes nationwide, and they're buying up homes at a faster pace than men, accounting for one-fifth of all new home sales last year, according to Jessica Louts, deputy chief economist at the National Association of Realtors. They're more likely to be caregivers. They're more likely to be uh, perhaps a single mom, have a multi-generational home with an elderly relative in it, and so they want a stable residence and to know exactly what their payment is going to be. Louts adds more women aren't waiting around to get married before they make that big investment in a new home. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington.